podcast, every week I'll share leadership thoughts, books I'm reading, or tools I'm using to teach leadership skills. I believe everyone has influence. Every family, school, church, city, country is determined by its capacity for effective leadership. So let's jump in. Welcome to Leadership Podcast. I'm Charlie McMahon. I'm glad you're with us for this series we're doing on Taking the Book Driven by Doug um, Brackman and Randy Kelly and layering it over the Sermon on the Mount by Jesus of Nazareth and how that affects some leadership dynamics we see within ourselves. For those of you who maybe today is your first podcast, Driven, Doug Brackman is the primary writer. He is a psychologist, and he has written extensively on this D2, D4 allele, this genetic mutation of sorts that about 10% of the population has that make us driven. We are the ones who tend to have, and this is where the discovery of this genetic holdover from a hunting age was discovered was in ADHD, ADD research, and also addiction research. The same category of genetic placement that makes some of us more obsessive by nature, more focused by nature, more hyper by nature, more addictive by nature are the same realities that make us more driven in what we do. And it can have incredibly positive results, but it can also result in chaos. And today, as we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount, I want you to focus in your mind for just a minute on Matthew 5, 9, the seventh of the blessed R's, where Jesus said, blessed are the peace manufacturers, the peacemakers, for they will be called sons and daughters of God. Now, again, it's very important that you listen to what I'm about to say. The, The Sermon on the Mount begins with the eight blesseds, the Beatitudes. They are not statements of you ought to be. They are statements of if you find yourself in this condition that is not usually a beneficial condition in this world, you're in a good place because this is going to happen. And in this case, blessed are the peacemakers is not Jesus saying that you ought to make peace all the time. He's saying that when you do, you're not going to be popular, but you will look like God because God is that peacemaker. So he's basically saying, blessed are those of you who are called everything but a child of God because you're you're in the middle trying to make peace. You're trying to create peace. Uh, You're the policeman called in to smooth out a domestic dispute and neither side trusts you because they know you're looking at both sides, so you can't possibly be on their side. But under God's rule, he says, with my rightness within you, um, you'll recognize that in bringing good to people who are in the wrong, as both sides usually are in a conflict, you show the family resemblance because God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. He, that you, you really start looking like God when you mediate, when you create or manufacture peace within a culture, within a relationship. Now, this is fascinating to me, again, as I look at this through the grid of driven. Because one characteristic of driven individuals is not peace. One 
characteristic of a driven individual that we will be accused of is not peacemaking. We tend to create chaos everywhere we go. We tend to create conflict, quite honestly. Doug Brackman, in a podcast on this that he was on with Ben Greenfield, he said that drivens, we D2, D4s, are porcupines in a balloon factory. We tend to just burst people's bubbles. We tend to create noise. And so uh, an odd thing with this overlay would be, well, first of all, I don't have any real threat of being a peacemaker. Second of all, I'm not sure I want to be a peacemaker anyway. I want to make things happen. Well, as I've discovered, being a driven and being on the Enneagram a three, which is an action-based, outcome-based, results-based person, I love keeping score, I love competing, I love making things better with my driven characteristic. I always, I always am interested in something as long as I can make it better. As a result, I'm never really naturally at peace, so I may achieve some things, but I do it at a cost. Is it possible to be a leader and be a peacemaker? Well, it is. It doesn't mean you're always compromising. It doesn't mean you're soft and you have no backbone. But what it does mean is those of us who have gotten into a healthy place with how we're built, we have peace on the inside. We can actually lead and make things happen much, much more peacefully than we would outside of the rightness of Christ. I want to give hope to those of you who know that you have a driven characteristic, you know you have a driven bent, who know you're a leader, and you'd like to do it in a more healthy way. It is possible, because I know for myself, I'm not what I ought to be, I'm not what I'm going to be, but I'm not what I was. When Sherry told me that I needed to listen to the podcast at BenGreenfieldFitness.com, in which she discovered Doug Brackman's book, she said, as you listen to this, let it be an affirmation that Christ's work in you, he's carrying it on to completion, and you don't, care, you don't epitomize the characteristics of a driven that are damaging like you used to. You, you've grown a lot. There's a maturation that makes for a much more peaceful leadership and productive in his book, Doug Brackman tells a number of stories. He tells, for example, about Jack. Jack realized one day he was highly driven. It was in his early teens he realized that, and he began immersing himself deeply into sports. He took up Taekwondo, became the youngest black belt in the country in Taekwondo. Then it was snowboarding, professional cycling, running. He called it chasing the rabbit. He loved long races far above team or stick or ball sports. He favored cycling and cross-country, anything requiring a lot of suffering. He was always his own competition, trying to beat his own personal record. He hated school, but like many D2-D4s, he got decent grades. He planned to go to law school, even took his LSAT. But right before submitting the online application, he literally pulled the power cable on the computer because the thought of being trapped in a routine of law school for another three years after his undergrad was just nauseous to him. He felt lost, though, unsure about what to do. When all his fellow seniors were interviewing for jobs in corporate America, he felt, felt absolutely no desire to go down that path. Instead, using his final college semester's tuition money, he started his first tech integration business. He juggled web design 
SEO and marketing for companies. And he also attended some courses. And throughout his life, his drive for more, more education, more money to be better, to be better, to be better, conflicted with pressures from his friends and family to follow the normal path for young people his age. And he seemed out of step with people in his life. He just couldn't sustain relationship. He saw only mind-numbing boredom in that future and that the people were prescribing for him. And this conflict quieted when he would run, but only during the 15th or 16th mile of his run. That's right, it's 15th or 16th. He had to push himself so hard to get relief from his inner world that he suffered physical injuries. Now these days, his dopamine fix comes from skydiving every weekend. This is when his mind is clearest, his active mind. He's removed from emails, cell phones, agendas, His only responsibility is pulling his parachute, and that makes life simple. But a key aspect to his growth is he's been meditating for six months. And that's where I want you to connect. I want you as a leader, especially if you have driven characteristics, to hear my voice when I say how critical it is that we driven, if we're going to be peacemaking catalytic agents in our culture that we meditate, that we learn on a daily basis to get quiet. A big insight Doug Brackman gave me is because we drivens are so visual, it's actually important that we visualize with our eyes open. And if you want to read more into that, he can explain why. That was an insight into me, into why I pray better and I meditate better when my eyes are open. And we get quiet, we shut off inputs, and if you would start five to ten minutes a day, and for example, the difference between meditation and rumination is rumination is where you're just spinning in thoughts. Usually it has to do with anxiety, concerns, projects, expectations, results. That's ruminating. It usually digresses into an anxiety. But meditating is where I focus my mind, especially for those of us who have invited Christ to be our leader. We focus on a characteristic of Christ, maybe a story of Christ, maybe a a truth about Christ, that we then meditate that into our own being. So here's how it works for me. So let's say in particular on a Monday as I record this, usually my tank is empty. And that often for me leads to a sense of anxiety, a sense of I need to do, I need to do, I need to do. I need to do something to fight off this sense of ill at ease that I experience after I've preached on a weekend multiple times. And so the critical aspect of today, this morning, the first thing I did is I went downstairs in my chair downstairs. I turned on a small light where it wasn't dark. And I simply focused on this truth. In the beginning, he made them male, he made them female. In the beginning, God gave me worth and value. In the beginning, God gave me worth and value. When he, when he thought of the idea of me, irrespective of how people might have reacted or not reacted to what I said yesterday, irrespective of the results that accrue from that experience, I am a divine 
image-bearing child of the Most High God with supreme value and worth just as I am here right now. And I just, I kept meditating on that. God does not respond to what I do. I'll respond to what he's done. God does not respond to what I do. I'll respond to what he's already done in me in Christ. And as a leader, that brings me to a place of orienting my day around a center-anchored reality that it's not about what do I accomplish today. It's not about how many people listen to me. It's not about the effect I have. It's about starting from a place of leading from peace. You see, you can't get peace on the outside if you don't have peace on the inside. And we drivens are not people who have peace on the inside. The natural state of the human brain is chaos. And for we drivens, it is a multiple reality. Our natural state is active chaos. And if we do not get intentional about quieting our soul, not around ruminating, but around meditating on the light of God, on the love of God, on the mercy of God, on the truth of God found in Christ, we will not be the leaders we could have been. Now, I thank God that he got a hold of me. And I hope today through this podcast, he gets a hold of you. Sometimes I truly believe God allows things to happen to us so that we'll get quiet, that we'll be still, Psalm 4610, and know that he is God, we are not, that we'll take a vacation from being in charge all the time and having to create all the time and catalyze all the time and just be still and let him be God. He does not respond to us. We respond to him. And when we learn that, we are better leaders. Until next time on the Leadership Podcast, I'm Charlie McNamee. Thanks for listening. Tune in every week as we continue learning and growing in faith, in life, and leadership. And if this has been helpful to you, subscribe and spread the word. And I will talk to you next week.